I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike, but no Lee Lonsberry. It's Amy Donaldson from the Desert News. Scott Howe. All right. So uh, thank you to whoever sent us a shout out from Roseville, California. I understand you have a connection there. I do. It's, it was wonderful. It's probably I, uh, like a friend or relative, right? I, I, I'm grateful that they're listening down there. Our ratings have gone up. Gustavo, you can tell the whole uh, everybody KSL is on the map. So um, it's a, uh, I love the comments on the Utah Community Credit Union text line, so please keep them coming. 57500. Weigh in on the issues we're discussing, or send us uh, a little insight, your favorite presidential quote, why you, or your favorite president, why you like that president. Uh, we're going to read you a couple more of ours. Um, uh, the truth is that all men having power ought to be mistrusted. James Madison, 1809-1817. And I have often said... Power must be a pretty intoxicating yeah. uh, drug because yeah. once people have a little taste, they certainly don't want to let it go. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem when mm -hmm. uh, some of my colleagues stay in the legislature forever and ever. It is intoxicating. I've been there, and I know yeah. what it is. But also, that power can bless the lives of individuals if, yeah. you, if you use it that way. Um, got a great quote here from Dwight Eisenhower. He said, what counts is not necessarily the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, I've said that Why? one about myself because really? I'm a little person. I'm five foot four, <laughs> yeah. and so a lot of times I've had to say, "Listen, don't, 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 don't mess with me." Exactly. <laughs> don't misunderstand here. Like it, I might look like I'm uh, innocent, but I'm not. So um, I also use questions. Why won't the state legislators pass a bill that caps the amount of property tax that cities can charge senior citizens? That way, they won't be forced from their homes. You had a good um, response to that. Well, I lived in California for a long time, and uh, the bill that that was, uh, the uh, Jarvis bill that passed, it has really hurt California. I mean, it is, and it's not fair. And that kind of brings us into our next guest, the president. The Senate president. The Senate a different president. president. Yes, yeah. but just as glorious as well, and a great leader up there. President Adams, thank you so Stuart much. Stuart Adams. Or Stuart Adams. I should Adams. say. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am going to have a John Adams quote later. There we go. There we go. Uh, president Adams. Thank you so much for joining us on one of your rare days off. We are thrilled to have you with us, and we couldn't uh, thank you enough for your time. How, how are things going up on Capitol Hill right now? They're going great. Great to be with you. And there's no days off in this 45 days. <laughs> anyway. He just wants to make that clear. This is, he's not in sweats today, <laughs> like I am. Um, uh, so what are some of the things that you, like at this point, are most proud of or most hopeful about? Well, we're working on a budget, and the thing I'm most proud of is what we've done in the past. Uh, 
And we've been recognized as one of the best states in the nation economically. I mean, the Wall Street Journal, Steve Moore wrote an article, said, which is the best state for economic outlook? And, uh, and that was in December. And he answered it and said Utah. In fact, for the past 12 years, they've recognized Utah because of their tax and physical policy that's driven our economy. And right now we have the best economy ever in Utah. You know, Mr. President, uh, Amy brought up something very interesting. As the president of the Senate, I think our listeners would be interested to know exactly what are your responsibilities and what do you do on a day-to-day basis before, besides start at uh, 5.30 a.m. and end at uh, 11.30 p.m.? Well, it starts at 5.30 a.m., but uh, if I get home be at, uh, at 6.30, 7.30, it's usually about 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. So it goes, all, it goes quite, a, quite a long period of time. But, but uh, uh, one of the great things I get to do is deal with people. And uh, some of the best people on the planet I know of are, are senators. And so as Senate president, I get to interact with the other senators. And they are so thoughtful. They are so considerate. They work hard. And again, I think the reason Utah is such wealth is so well thought of by other states is because of those great individuals we we have in the Senate. And my biggest responsibility is to them. Do you feel um, I mean, as a Senate president uh, and you've been just a member of the Senate, do you feel some uh, a difference, I guess, in your leadership role? Like what how did you approach that as far as like what you want to bring to the Senate and bring to the legislative process? Well, I think what I want to bring, and I think what I've tried to do throughout my entire Senate career is is look to the future. And as a leader, you aren't just called on to try to take care of the things that are in front of you today, but to make things better for the future generations. And I have 15 grandchildren, and my hope is, and the reason I serve is to make life better for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're doing it in Utah. Do you have a favorite president or presidential quote? Well, I do. You know, this year we get to rotate around in the Senate, and and we always, well, for the last period of uh, probably six years, we've got a Senate coin every year. And this year it's Abraham Lincoln. So I, I got to pick Abraham Lincoln this year as one of my favorite Senate presidents, one of my favorite United States presidents. It's a lot to live up to. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, President Adams, I've had the experience of serving with a lot of Senate presidents. And one of the things that I think is a distinct characteristic of you is your ability to maintain decorum. I don't think I've ever felt uh, a contentious moment in there. It it, it is amazing skill that you have. How, How do you do that with... You know. Yeah, you, you broke up a little bit there. I'm not sure I got the entire question, but uh, probably had to do with my service as Senate president. And as I think of Abraham Lincoln, you know, uh, he made a he made a couple of quotes that I think are really significant. One was malice toward none, and then in the middle of all the chaos that he was dealing with with civil war, he asked us to look for the better angels within us, mm. and yeah. that is really a a difficult thing but it's probably one of the better things we can do and I think a lot of times most Utahns try to do that and to try to look beyond the contention and the and the lack of civility and try to bring civility into the process President you do that with such a, a skill and the question was about how you maintain the decorum and now we know and yeah. exactly so you, you nailed it right there well we can't thank you enough for your service and uh, thank you for joining us today on your sort of day off yeah, it's a real pleasure well 
Great to be with you. Thanks for all you do also. Okay, take care. Um, we're going to take a little break. Yeah. Um, please, again, uh, keep texting us. Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Your favorite president, your favorite quotes, what you think about your favorite issue. Uh, please join us. Uh, you're listening to Live Mike on KSL News Radio. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.